just a brief three uh, three Sunday uh, series on a perfect ten relationship commands. We've been looking at the Ten Commandments, and if you remember, you know our first Sunday we looked at uh, one, two, and three, just looking at those commandments that uh, define a great relationship with God. And then last week it reminded us that if you got a great relationship going with God, it forces you to uh, look at your relationship with other people. And so we looked at uh, uh, some of the other commandments, and now uh, we're up to uh, 9 and 10, right? 4 through 8, now 9 and nine and 10. And the natural progression then is if you get your relationship right with God, okay, that forces you to look at your relationship with other people. And as you look at your relationship with other people in light of that relationship with God, the next step is you got to look at your relationship with your stuff. I mean, that's it, right? 9 and 10. It's about looking at your relationship with your stuff and having a right attitude and a right heart about your relationship uh, with your stuff. If we look at Exodus 20 and we look at 9 and 10, the commandments, where they come from, it says, Do not long for anything belongs to your neighbor. Do not long for your neighbor's house, wife, male, or female servant, ox, or donkey. Right? And uh, the word that most often when we, when we uh, hear commandments uh, 9 and 10 is that word uh, covet, right? That word covet. Don't covet is what it's talking about. Well, what I want to do this morning is, uh, like in all of the commandments, is not just think about the, the don'ts, right, but think about the do's. And, and uh, as we look at 9 and 10, yeah, sure, there's some don'ts. It's about, you know, don't covet, but do what? Well, if we look at the scripture, the encouragement would be for us to be able to look at our lives and be able to do contentment. Do contentment. That's really what it's talking about. It's about elevating our lives to a place of contentment. And, and it's probably captured best in Philippians 4 by the Apostle Paul. He says, I'm not saying that because I need anything, I've learned to be content no matter what happens to me. Now, what's interesting here is Paul is, is looking at his life and saying, listen, I, I, I'm at a level of contentment in my life. And it'd be easy for us to just look at that and say, well, okay, he's at a level of content. You know, he, he must have a good IRA going and his pension plan is in place and, you know, everything's all secured for him and he's probably got a nice house and things are all going good for Paul and, and he's got that financial security surrounding him and he's got enough stuff to keep him happy. In actuality... When Paul writes these words, he's sitting in prison. How can a guy sitting in prison look at his life and say, listen, I don't need to covet anything because I am absolutely content. How can he do that? He does that because he understands what's the most important thing in life. And that's kingdom thinking. That's kingdom focus. And that's what commandments 9 and 10 call us to. They call us to go away from worldly thinking that looks at all the stuff of the world and make sure our hearts and our heads stay in the right place. And that place is kingdom thinking and being a kingdom focused person. If we look at coveting then, what was this thing all about? Well, coveting would be all about a non-God-directed and uncontrolled desire for more, right? And notice the first half, it's a non-God-directed, okay? Now, it's not that God doesn't want to bring good stuff into your life. Of course he does. Now, 
Remember the context of when, when God first gave the commandments to the people of Israel. Remember the context. We talked about a lot last week. They were coming out of Egypt, and when they were in Egypt, they were slaves. You tell me, how much stuff does a slave have? Not much. Straw and mud, that's what they made the bricks with. But now, what's happening in their life? God is bringing them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and he's now taking them where? To the promised land. And what happens in the promised land? In the promised land, God is going to bring into their life stuff. Stuff that they've never had before. They're, they're going to go into the promised land, and they're going to have vineyards, and they're going to have houses, and, and they're going to have riding lawnmowers, and they're going to have all the stuff that goes along with being landed people. What's the issue? God is preparing them and warning them and saying, listen, make sure you don't lose your focus of what's most important in your life. When you get into the promised land, I'm going to bring some good stuff into your life. Be careful. Don't lose the focus of the giver of the stuff. And make the stuff more important than the giver. There's a contrast, Matthew 6. Jesus kind of keeps that in focus for us in Matthew 6. He says, Do not put away riches for yourselves on earth. Moth and rust can destroy them. Thieves can break in and steal them. Instead, put away riches for yourself in heaven. Their moths and rust do not destroy them. Their thieves do not break in and steal them. Your heart will be where your riches are. Now, what's the contrast that he's drawing in these verses? Well, on the one hand, he's saying, listen, don't, don't put up for yourselves stuff on earth. Don't be focused where? Earthly stuff. Don't, don't let your life be all about your stuff, your earthly stuff, because that stuff's just going to rust and be destroyed. In contrast, he says what? Use your life, use your time, use your focus, keep it in the right place, and that place is on Heavenly stuff, the most important, the most valuable, the stuff that lasts, the stuff that endures, the stuff that makes a difference in life. See, too many people in our world and too many people in the church get caught up by the stuff, and they lose their focus, and the stuff begins to take over their life. The warning of the commandment, the warning of Jesus here is, wait a minute, you got to be able to step back from your stuff, because the kingdom of heaven is far more important than any stuff of this world. If you look at Luke 12, Jesus says, Watch out! Watch out! Be on your guard against wanting to have more and more things. Life is not made up of how much a person has. See, that's the challenge, right? That's, that's the deal with the commandments. Don't, don't get wrapped up in the wanting more stuff and more stuff and more stuff. Why? Because that's not what's important. That's not where real value lies in our life. And we can have barns full of stuff and be worthless people if we're not making the difference that we need to make in the purposes of God for the kingdom of heaven. If you look at Mark 7, he says all of this, like all the commandments, really become a heart issue. So Mark 7, he says, what comes out of people makes them unclean. Evil thoughts come from the inside, from people's hearts. So do sexual sins, stealing and murder, adultery. Feel like we're kind of picking off the commandments here, right? Greed, hate, cheating comes from people's hearts too. 
So do desires that are not pure and wanting what belongs to others. And so do telling lies about others and being proud and being foolish. All these evil things come from inside a person. They make him unclean. What's the issue? We need to do a heart check. That's what the commandments call us to. What these, this commandment 9 and 10, they call us to do a heart check and say, well, wait a minute, what is, what is my life really about? Well, where is my heart? Where your heart is, where your treasure is. We just read that. Well, where is my heart on this stuff? Is my heart absolutely, utterly sold out for the purposes and the cause of Jesus Christ? Or am I giving in to the worldly influence and valuing stuff more? Paul could say he was content. Why? Because his heart was in the right place. He kept stuff in the right place. He said, nothing is more important in my life than serving and fulfilling the purpose that God has for me in my life. If you look at 2 Corinthians, Paul says, And God is able to shower all kinds of blessings on you in all things, and at all times you'll have everything you need. You will do more and more good works. Not more and more stuff, but more and more good works. Here's the issue. Nothing wrong with stuff. Stuff's okay. As long as it serves us in accomplishing the purposes that God has for our life. God wants us to enjoy stuff. When they got to the promised land, he brought all kinds of stuff into their life. Nothing wrong with stuff as long as you can let go of your stuff when the kingdom calls. As long as you can let go of your stuff when there's something more important that God has for you to do. See, the key for us is making sure our heart is always in the right place. And, and in the commandment, it gives us specific examples of how we can lose our life to the stuff. We, we can start living a, a what-if life, right? We, we can stop looking at, at the reality of what God's bringing into our life and what God wants to do in our life, and instead we can start living that what-if life. And the what-if life says, well, you know, if I only had this, then my life would really be great. If I only had this, then my life would really take off. If I only had status like my neighbor has, that's the whole house thing, right? I mean, houses are like status symbols, right? Bigger house, bigger status. I mean, we, we come up with phrases, we say like, well, they live on the other side of the tracks. What's underneath that? Not much status because they live in shacks on the other side of the tracks, right? Isn't that the way it works? House is about status. We say, well, you know, if I just had more status, if, if I just was more important, boy, man, my life could really take off then. Or if I just had, had relationships with, like, those people have relationships. I mean, they're tied into all the power people. And, man, they got things going for them. Boy, if I just had that, man, my life could really be good. And if I just had more possessions, that made, if I drove a BMW, or, or if I, I drove a status symbol kind of deal, then, boy, man, people would take notice. My life could really become something then. Or, you know, if I just had more income, ox and donkey, that was things of income back then, right? If I just had higher income, then, boy, then I could really, man, then I could really do something. Or we could come up with a whole list. That's why it says at the end of commandments or anything else. We could come up with a whole list. What's the whole what if thing? Here's what people do. They trade away what their life can become in the purposes of God for a what-if life. They miss out on what God has for them because they're always comparing and dreaming and saying, geez, only if. Gee, only if. See, the commandments are here so that we 
take stock in our heart and we don't miss our life. That we don't miss what God wants to do and be in our life. That we don't miss the incredible things that you can do for the kingdom of heaven. Because you're worried about your stuff and you're saying, well, listen, if I only had, then. And you miss out on your life. See, the call of the gospel is not for you to live somebody else's life. The call of the gospel is for you to be a kingdom person that lives the life God chooses for you. And say, that's all I need. That's enough. He's all I need. Whatever he brings into my life, whatever he chooses for my life, that is absolutely all I need. See, that's not the way the world lives. That's not the, what the, the way the world defines it. If we go to 1 John 2, we get a great description of where the world is. It says, do not love the world or anything in it. If you love the world, love for your father is not in you. That's pretty straightforward stuff, right? Here is what people who belong to this world do. They try to satisfy what their sinful nature natures want to do. They long for what their sinful eyes look at. They brag about what they have and what they do. All this comes from the world. It doesn't come from the Father. The world and its evil longings are passing away, but those who do what God wants them to do live forever. Is that a pretty good description of some people you know? Their life is all about their stuff. Bragging about their stuff. Is that really what life is about? If Jesus Christ has put a call on your life and died for you so you have a new life, is that what you want to spend your life doing is bragging about your stuff? Not at all. The challenge that Paul puts before us says, wait a minute, that's not your thing. You've been raised up with Christ. So think about things that are in heaven. That's where Christ is. He's sitting at the right hand. Think about things that are in heaven. Don't think about things that are on earth. Where's our focus? It's not on the stuff. Our focus is on what God can do in our life, what God chooses to bring in our life, what, what God wants to accomplish in our life, what God is all about in our life. And if he wants to bring this stuff into our life, great. If he doesn't, so what? All that matters is God is enough. God is enough. All we need is to keep on focus and say God is enough. If you look at it this way in Colossians 3, it says, So put to death anything that belongs to your earthly nature. Get rid of your sexual sins, your unclean acts. Don't let your feelings get out of control. Remove from your life all evil longings. And what? Stop always wanting more and more. That's the way you lived at one time in your life. You've gotten rid of your old way of life and its habits. You have started living a new life. It is being made new so, so that what you know has the Creator's likeness. What does it mean? Listen, we live a new life. We don't live captured by the stuff. We don't live captured by the stuff. We live by a different set of agendas. And our agenda is, listen, does my life leave an imprint for the likeness of Christ? Right? Does my life leave an imprint for the likeness of Christ? I mean, Morgan's going to stand up here in a little bit, and she's going to say, you know, the Apostles' Creed, and say, hey, this is what I believe. And I'm going to follow Christ with my life. What does that mean? That means I'm here for a purpose. It's not to stop. I'm here to make a difference in the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to leave an imprint with my life in the likeness of Christ. That's not stuff thinking. 
That's kingdom thinking. That's contentment. Contentment says all that matters to me is that my life stands for something, it is worth something, and it stands for the eternal and the kingdom things of this world. That's it. Contentment. Whether I have a lot of stuff or a little stuff, doesn't matter. What matters is do I leave the impression of Christ in other people's lives? Okay, so how do we do this? How do we experience this contentment? Let me give you some biblical tips on experiencing and elevating your life so you experience this sense of contentment. Number one, elevate your life of contentment by pushing aside comparison. How easy is it to get caught in looking at other people's life and saying, geez, how come they have? Pretty easy? I mean, it's pretty easy, right? How come they have? I should have that. They have that. How come I don't have that? Push aside comparison. It's not about what other people have or what other people don't have. It's about whether you're doing kingdom stuff, whether you're living the, the kingdom life that God wants in your life. He says, we won't dare compare ourselves with those who think so much about themselves. But they are foolish to compare themselves with themselves. Look, get, get out of the comparison game. It, it's not about that. It's about what is God doing in your life? What, what does God want to bring into your life for you, for your purpose, for your experience of being that person that God wants you to be? Push aside comparison. Elevate contentment too by practicing praise. Just practice praise. Be thankful for what you have instead of worrying about what you don't have. If you look at the psalmist, he says, Lord, it's good. It is good to praise you. Most high God, it is good to make music in your honor. It is good to sing every morning about your love. It's good to sing every night about how faithful you are. Lord, you make me glad by what you have done. Well, what is the psalmist doing? He's just praising God, isn't he? And notice, where is he praising God? Right away in the morning and in the evening. What is he doing? He gets up in the morning. He says, God, you are awesome. You are great. And I'm just going to trust you. Whatever you bring into my day, it is great because you choose to bring it. Lord, you are fantastic. I'm just going to trust in your love for me. And then at night, what does he do? Well, it's good to sing every night about how faithful you are. God, thank you so much for everything you brought in my life today. Thank you so much for everything you kept out of my life today. Thank you so much, Lord, for just who you are and what you're doing in my life every day. Can you imagine what a difference that would make if, if we would just start a day and end our day and say, look, it's not about the stuff in our life. It's about what is God doing. And praise God. Elevate your contentment by just activating your praise. Next, elevate your contentment by practicing your purpose. Practicing your purpose. Just being in that place that says, listen, I know God's got something going on in my life and, and that God's bringing me to this day and to this moment for some reason and I'm just going to do whatever it is God wants me to do. If you look at Ecclesiastes 5, it says, what is the best thing to do in the short uh, life that God has given us? I think we should enjoy eating and drinking. I'm really glad he said that, by the way. Are you? Yeah. Really glad he said that. I think we should enjoy eating and drinking and working hard. I think we should do that. This is what God intends for us to do. Suppose you're very rich, able to enjoy everything you own. Then go ahead and enjoy working hard. This is God's gift to you. 
God will keep you so happy you won't have time to worry about each day. Yeah, we should enjoy the stuff. Absolutely, that God brings into our life. He chooses to bring it into our life. Fantastic. But we should never lose the focus of our purpose. Working hard for the kingdom of heaven. See, our stuff can't be more important than our purpose. Elevate your contentment by just staying focused on your purpose. Elevate contentment by practicing generosity. Elevate contentment by practicing generosity. And you read that, and it's pretty clear. He, he just wants us to be a generous people. And not worry about our stuff, but instead worry about are we sending the kingdom and bringing more to somebody else's life. Elevate your contentment by practicing a focused perspective. Keeping your perspective focused in the right place. Keep your heart in the right place. We never give up. Our bodies are gradually dying, but we ourselves are being made stronger each day. These little troubles are getting us ready for eternal glory that will make all our troubles seem like nothing. Things, things that are seen don't last forever, but things that are not seen are eternal. Notice the last part. That's why we keep our minds where? Kingdom things, right? Kingdom things. See, these commandments for us are valuable because they inspire us to elevate our contentment. To, to not just don't do, don't do, but do. Do think about how God can use your life. Do think about the great things that God can bring into your life that aren't about this world, but are about His purposes and His kingdom. You see, our joy becomes complete. Our contentment becomes fulfilled when we keep our heart in the place that says, listen, God, you're enough. You're absolutely enough. You're all I need. And whatever you bring into my life, thank you. And whatever you even keep out of my life, thank you, Lord, because it's all about you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We pray that you would keep us in the right place, that you'd keep us uh, focused on the kingdom things, keep us focused on the right things about what you want to achieve and accomplish in our lives and uh, help us to not focus on the stuff. We know it's, it's stuff you bring to us and we can enjoy it and you're good, but Lord, never let it take hold of us. Never let it become more important than having you in our life and letting you be enough. So Father, we put this to you. We thank you for these commandments and all that we've been uh, shown and grown. And we pray now that uh, you just continue to keep us kingdom people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and sing with us as we respond today.